This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. And Solomon says, listen man, when you're thinking words that aren't good towards people, when the right opportunity comes, your mouth is going to run. And then the word will get around. And trust me on this, whenever you're talking evil about someone, it always gets to that person's ear. It happens all the time. But even if it doesn't, look at what it says in Psalm chapter 139 verse 4. Even before word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. So even if the boss doesn't hear, your ex-spouse doesn't hear, your children don't hear, your in-laws don't hear, God hears it. And he knows exactly the foolish words that's running around your head. Man, this is good warning. Not only are foolish words destructive and destroy your life, not only are foolish words you know, starting in your thoughts, but look at the evolution of foolish words and how it turns into evil. Verse 13, the beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness. So it starts off with foolishness and the end of his talk is evil madness. Okay, this has got to make you sit up if it hasn't already. Sometimes foolish words start as silly talk and they end in sinful talk. Silliness, you're talking about someone, you're laughing about someone. If you don't watch your heart, it turns into gossip and sinful chatter. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness. The end, it's evil madness. That's the downward spiral of foolish words. It starts with mental depravity and ends with absolute moral depravity. When you listen to someone with silly speech, it doesn't stay silly for too long. It quickly turns evil and sinful. Here's how silly it is. Here's how it all goes down. Listen to this. How often... Do you assume something and presume to know what someone is thinking and speaking when you have no idea? Picture yourself in a situation, I'm sure we all have been there. Someone did something, said something, walked away, didn't say hi, and you're playing a story in your head. And you are playing the story like it's an absolute truth and you're like, I know exactly about that person. I know why she did that. I know why he did that. I know why he said that. I know why he wore that. I know why he pointed at me when he was saying that. Sorry. I'm joking. And, and, and what happens is you start thinking evil thoughts towards that person and when the opportunity strikes you say it. So it starts with just like you know silly thoughts foolishness that doesn't actually come from anywhere. It's not uplifting. It's not truth and it quickly turns evil. Here's another good way to ask yourself if your silly thoughts your silly words are going to turn sinful. Are your words boasting about yourself or your achievements on how much you know and how much you have with no way to back it up. I've seen this a lot, sadly, in the Christian circles where, you know, after church, fellowship time, not in this church, thankfully. I don't think those people last very long over here. But it's always the me and I, and I did this, and I went there, and I saw this, and I went there, and I traveled here, and I started this, and I started that, and it's like, okay, enough of I and me, man, like, come on, you know? And there's no way to back it up. I just started this business, it's going to make a million dollars, great, good for you. How much in debt are you? More than that, okay, let's fix that first. Right, just boastful talk. You see a lot of boastful talk around people and you know that that silliness, it's easy to laugh at someone like that and be like, what an idiot, but wait and see, soon it's going to turn sinful. And if you are that person, you need to check these things. Because when you boast, you're not trusting God. Like it says in James chapter 4, verse 13, Come now you who say today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, 
We will live and do this or do that. And it is you, and, and it is you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Now, you might not boast about money, but you could boast about your plans. Boast about, this is what my next year is going to look like. And I've seen this a lot among young adults. Because as you get older, you kind of know that things don't go the way you plan, right? You're never in control. And, and I've seen this in my own life too, not just in young adults. Hey, this is my one-year plan. This is my five-year plan. Good luck. No one saw COVID-19 come, right? But if the Lord wills, and it's a good, it's a good habit to start using that in our language. Man, if this is God's will, I would love to see this happen. And not walk in arrogance and pride. Oftentimes as believers, we do not know when faith ends and when foolishness begins. Can I say that again? Oftentimes as believers... And sadly in the church, we applaud foolishness because we think it's faith. But you never really heard from God. God has not brought a strong passion and conviction about this. You're just stepping out because the world does it, because other churches do it, because other Christians did it. And you just say, I'm going to do that because that's what God's calling me to. And people will say, wow, what a person of faith, when it actually it's selfishness, pridefulness, and foolishness. And sometimes it sounds like silly talk, but very quickly it will turn sinful because they're trusting their own agenda their own life a lot of times people look at my life they look at the church and they're like man you make it look so easy you just stepped out and god gave you a building and god gave you a church and and you know like god's got a great fed you have five kids in 10 years your marriage is strong you have no idea sometimes the stress and strain and the times when i'm unable to get out of the couch and have to fight and wrestle with god but then you have fools We'll just try to imitate this kind of lifestyle without actually digging into the solid rock that's Jesus Christ. And they can act, mimic the faith, but it's absolute foolishness. And I'm not trying to boast about my life and the blessings that God's given me, but this is something that I've seen a lot in Christian circles when they masquerade the foolishness under the guise of faith. Let's not be that. So wise words, use them wisely. It starts with what? A change of heart. It starts with Jesus giving us his heart. And out of that heart will flow beautiful words that will bring us grace. But foolish words, on the other hand, they will destroy you. Foolish hands evolves quickly into sinful wickedness. You with me? Yes. Woo, we got to the first point. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Second thing. Solomon, man, this guy is insane. I wonder how many rock stars he drank in a day. <laughs> but, but this is practical application, isn't it? Yes. Practical application. Let's apply these things. Second thing he says is, there are 24 hours in a day. Use your time efficiently. You see, when I was born, I um, wasn't born in, you know, in a country that swaddled me up and put me in a car seat and sent me home with, you know, I mean, my, my dad literally rode a bicycle back home. Where's my mom? There she is. I think it was a bicycle back home when I was born. And my mom carried, her, carried me in her arms, you know. Um, our starting points might be different. People watching in India right now, you might say, well, man, you have it different from me. Yeah, I grew up speaking English at home. A lot of people in other countries don't speak English at home. And I really thank God that my parents decided, again, prayerfully, decided that it's good for us to speak English at home because no matter where God calls our children to go, they'll have a good command over this language. And I thank God that I can speak English fluently, even though my pronunciations are wrong. Don't judge me. Um, our starting point, thank you. <laughs> Full circle. Awesome. Even though our starting points might be different, the, the, the hours in a day is all the same. I mean, you're giving 24 hours, I'm giving 24 hours, you know, you're giving 24 hours, some moms, I mean, it feels like 24 hours is really being stretched with your kids, you know, it's a little different, but we all are given the same time. And God's word tells us, we're all given the same time, use it wisely. And Solomon's going to use the illustration of a bad leader. 
listen to me very carefully, all through the book of Ecclesiastes, he's going to be talking about how bad governments are a curse to the nation. And good leaders are a blessing to the nation, right? We fail to realize that the life that God's given you, you are the leader of your life. You see, I'm not the leader of your life. I cannot come and tell you how to use your time wisely. I cannot come and tell you what to do with your day. God's given you your life. And when you stand before God, God's not going to tell you, hey, you know, what did your husband do? No, he's going to ask you, what did you do with the life that I gave you? And God's appointed you as a governor, as a prime minister, as a president of your life. You need to take charge of your life. This is something that really ticks me off on Christians, man. You know, we say that Jesus came into the world, died to give me abundant life. How are you living? Uh, whatever, man, who cares? No, we cannot live that way. If you really believe that Jesus loves you so much that he died for you, you got to have grit. You got to have passion. You got to be willing to take on the world, man. Be like, man, the king of the universe is my God. Who am I to fear? Like David. All the soldiers are frightened. He's like, give me my sling and my rocks, bro. This boy's coming down. Right? Like, we, we got to have that courage. We got to have, we got to take a hold of our time. We got to take a hold of our lives. And again, you might have been failing all your life on this. Should you give up? Why? You're a work in progress. Thank you, man. I'll get you one next week. Yeah. All right. Let's look at this real quick. He says, Woe to you, verse 16. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child. Now the word over there is na'ar in Hebrew, in Hebrew, which can mean a young person. Um, it can also mean a person who lacks experience. This is really sad because Rehoboam, uh, Solomon's own son, what, what an upbringing he had, huh? His dad is Solomon. Oh my God. All the wisdom he could have gleaned from his dad, right? Not, didn't wage even one war. Rich, beautiful economy. You know what he does? He's 41 years old, so he's not a child when he takes on the throne. This is in 2 Chronicles verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 13. It says, So King Rehoboam grew strong in Jerusalem and reigned. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he, became, when, he, when he became king, when he began to reign. And he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem. That's it, just 17 years. And if you jump down to verse 14, it says, And he did evil, for he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. Rehoboam had no idea what his court was doing. It was corrupt. His judgment was unsound. And soon his kingdom was divided. His grandpa was David. His father was Solomon. And yet, his heart was not submitted to God. His heart was a heart of stone. His words were not gracious words. His words didn't win favor like his dad. Solomon, on the other hand, when he is ordained as a king in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, look at what he says. It's very funny. And now, O Lord my God, you made your servant, this is Solomon talking, don't forget, you made your servant king in place of David my father. Wow, what big shoes to fill. Although I am but Naar, a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. That's humility. Of saying, listen, I, I, I think you're setting me up for failure, God. I do not know what to do. And what does God do for Solomon? He gives him wisdom. So that he can speak gracious words. In Second Chronicles chapter 34, there's a king named Josiah. Who was only 8 years old when he took the throne. And it says he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. Way longer than Rehoboam. 8 year old guy. Reigned for 31 years. And see what he did. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father and he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Listen to me. Solomon's giving us an illustration of what good leadership and bad leadership looks like. What good leadership that has a heart that's transformed by God that's honestly looking for gracious words that will win favor. And when you don't take charge of your life, when you don't 
get excited about the life that God's given you and say, God, change my heart so that I can actually serve you better, serve the world that you placed me in better, man, you're going to be like Rehoboam. Do evil in the sight of the Lord and your kingdom will be split. Woe to your land when your king is a child. And then look at this. And your princes feast in the morning. That's what bad leaders do. They feast in the morning. Solomon is not against feasting. In fact, every night in his palace there was a great feast. What Solomon is warning us is feast in the right times. There's, there's a time to feast. There's a time to fast. Jesus lived it out very well, didn't he? We'll look at that in just a second. He says, happy are you, O land, when your king is a son of nobility. And your princes feast at the proper time. For strength and not for drunkenness. Here's a quick question for you. What is your feasting? Because feasting in this time spoke not only about gluttony, it also spoke about drunkenness. So these guys, imagine, they get up in the morning, the first thing they do is, get into a fight, right? <laughs> it was crazy. Now for you, you might not run to the bottle of alcohol in the morning, or maybe you do. Then you wouldn't be here. You might be at home watching us live. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> But what is your alcohol that you run to? What is it that, that you go off to first thing in the morning? It says in Isaiah chapter 5 verse 11, Woe to those who rise early in the morning and run after their drinks, who stay up late at night till they are inflamed with wine. What do you stay up inflamed with? Maybe it's just a TV show. I said last week, sometimes foolishness, it doesn't look very sinful, right? But it doesn't really bless God. It's, it doesn't make you productive in your life. What is it that stops your productivity? It could be drugs, it could be alcohol. But sometimes in a, in a Christian setting like this, it doesn't necessarily have to be alcohol or drugs. It could be a hidden sin. It could, it could be sexual sin. It could be running after money. It could be, you know, shopping on Amazon. It could be social media, TikTok videos, Instagram. What, what is your alcohol that's stopping productivity in your life? No, I seriously want us to consider this. Because if we really believe that Jesus came to give life and life in abundance, we got to get rid of these things that's stopping us from being good leaders in our own life. Sometimes the things that, that kill our productivity is just a lack of knowledge in how to work, in how to be disciplined. You know, I, if you know my story, I am not an educated person. I didn't go to school. I didn't go to college. And um, I've been homeless in India. And coming over here, this is a foreign land to me. And... I really struggled in the area of God. What does it mean to be disciplined? I, I work on my own schedule. And for me, discipline really was not work hard, but it was you need to make time to rest. And I want to tell you, this week has been the hardest week of this year for me. I'm not saying this to boast, but I want to tell you that what I've learned, I think has been beautiful. It's been God glorifying. Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address.